All right. That was a nice way to start our little intro here. Little melody. Oh, don't get me started. I'll bust it out the whole song. All right. Well, so that our new intro song. Oh, oh, our new intro song. Um, Okay, everyone. Well, to spare you that, we'll just dive right in here. (laughs) Welcome to episode 43, where you're not going to hear Darius sing a new intro song. Maybe someday soon you'll get to do that. But anyway, uh, we got the opportunity today to talk to Jen Descortes. She owns a gluten-free bakery here in Northern Colorado and supplies Whole Foods across the mountain region. So it's seven states. And I think think she said 45 plus stores with delicious gluten-free and vegan cakes and pies and mousse, mousses, (laughs) meese. <laughs> anyway, uh, and everything looks delicious, I have to say. Um, Darius and I, as soon as we wrap this up today, are going to just shoot on over to Whole Foods and get ourselves some of her stuff. So, anyway, um, we got to talk to her about just how she started her business, what that looked like, and and what their plans are for expansion, and how you know entrepreneurship fits in with her life. And it was wonderful. For sure, one hundred percent. And the one thing I, I like that you guys will hear is that. She was essentially in starting her business, she was scratching her own itch, you know, because her and her son were in a position where they had to live a gluten free lifestyle. And so it was really an extrapolation of that. And then she was like, you know, she went to the people who were in her business circle, being an employee of a corporation and was like, hey, we're not the only ones with this problem. So um, maybe we can help here. And they were like, crazy enough to say, yeah, maybe you can. And so that kicked the whole thing off. So there's a great lesson there of just like the, there's problems around you that you can solve that really in the middle of complaining, you can adjust and really spot an opportunity if you have the eyes to see it. So mm-hmm. um, great takeaway from that. And I'm not going to give any more gems away because she did drop a bunch, but we're going to close this up because I do got to make a run the Whole Foods. Farrah wasn't joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going while the day is still young for me. So yes. Enjoy episode 43 with Jen DeCourt of The Sweet Petite. We appreciate you guys taking the time to just rock with us as we get to connect with these awesome individuals. Um, We just appreciate your time so much. Thank you for being a part of the Mad Cat podcast family. We appreciate it. And as always, Farah, go out and make a difference. Good afternoon, everyone. Darius here, along with my co-host, Farrah. And this is episode 43 of the Make a Difference podcast, where we connect with people all across the country doing wonderful things with the time that they have on this earth. And today we have the pleasure of being with Jen DeCourt, owner of the Sweet Petite. Sweet Petite is a Northern Colorado-based bake shop that is built on two things, pastries and a passion for two things, pastries and people. Uh, some of the things that make the sweet petite so unique is that, you know, their desserts are always gluten-free and then either dairy-free and vegan as well. Um, and for any of you who dabble in desserts and have to deal with celiacs or different, different things that you can't partake in, you know that doing that to a high quality um, where it tastes delicious often can come at a sacrifice and is just not always so enjoyable. So in addition to doing these things, uh, Jen and her team are also creating experiences for the community here in Northern Colorado. They have, they hold different types of classes for children, couples, families, really empowering people to understand 
how they can actually navigate within their kitchen um, dealing with certain challenges. And last but not least, Jen and her team believe that feeding people is really an expression of love and a bridge to building connections. So Jen, welcome to the Make a Difference podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, the way it typically works, our flow here, as we've, we've talked about, is very organic, but we do like for those who we have the privilege of connecting with to kick us off with a little bit of a backstory. How do you, how do you, how do you end up being in 2021, the founder of um, Sweet Petite, partnering a Whole Foods brand as a major supplier? How do you get here? Where did this all start from? Sure. Um, well, I used to make wedding cakes for friends. Uh, that seemed to be a great item uh, as people would be coming into that season of life. We seemed to have a lot of people that we knew that were getting married and needing to be on a certain type of budget. And uh, that was a skill that I had. I actually went to college for um, furniture design. That's where I met my husband. So we're furniture makers by trade. Uh, but um, my roommate in college was seriously like obsessed with baking. And so she would learn all the new tricks and trades and make wedding cakes and things for people. So I learned from her. Um, and then I took that skill and um, joined with Whole Foods in their pastry department just part time when my kids were really little. And uh, when I was there, about every 10, 15 minutes, somebody would come up to the cake case and say, hey, where are your gluten-free cakes? Um, and I'd point them to the same cake every time. Um, but that was the only fresh one that they had in their case. So I decided I was going to spend about an hour a day. And I was just going to figure this thing out because um, at the same time, one of my children and I had to be gluten-free. Um, and so we were already living that lifestyle. And so I just thought, okay, if I do something, the same thing for about an hour a day, uh, every day, or they're close to it, I'm probably going to get pretty good at something. So I just kept trying recipes over and over and came up with some things that people liked. I'd, I'd have friends or family or whoever would try treats. I just had them sample. Like, hey, can you take this home? Tell me what you think, all these things. So then I would bring them into Whole Foods and I presented them to my manager and to the store manager and said, hey, would it be possible maybe during the evening when nobody's in here if I were to like, you know, sterilize everything and then make this type of product for people for Whole Foods just, just for this one store or whatever happened. And they loved it. They were like, this is great. Let's have you go to the regional office down in Denver, take these same things down there, have a meeting. And uh, let's see, let's see what they say. So I did that. I took them down and I started to meet with a lovely girl named Lauren and um, they really enjoyed them as well. They felt like it was a great option, but they did not want me to bake in-house. It, it's a liability for them because they do have gluten flying around. It's, it's very wise in their part, but they said, you know, these are great. Uh, if you were to start your own company, we would buy them from you. And so that's what I did. Wow. Okay. Did, were you nervous? Like, how did you, you know, go from, that's a, that's a pretty big leap, right? Your employee, your mom, you know, you're doing all of that. And here's this mega corporation saying, we have an idea. If you go for it, we're here. What was that season like? Yeah. So there were some things that I was anticipating and some things I weren't, but I, I wasn't, but um, Whole Foods in general I really feel like they're a fabulous company. They do want to see you win and they so promote um, local businesses 
it was really fun to work with them. Um, they put me to start off, they put us in um, five stores. And so we were just in five stores and we do sampling and, you know, all these things and get people excited about it. And then once we were established in these five stores, they would give us, you know, another five or 10 and go from there until um, a couple of years later, they said, you're doing so well, but we actually don't have capacity in our warehouse anymore to take your items. Uh, we need you to go bigger. And so they put us in for, um, another distribution hub, basically, that feeds product to Whole Foods. And so now we're throughout seven states. Um, and I think that's over 45 stores is, is what we're currently in. That's awesome. Wow. So from the the time you presented it to now being in all of those stores in seven different states, how what was that time frame? We've been in business for four years. So the first, I would say the first six months that we were kind of just waiting, we were doing paperwork. There's a, there's a pretty extensive process to get in. Um, but then once you're in, um, it, it goes pretty fast. But that process with the paperwork and all of those parts took about six months. So we were kind of just hanging out waiting. So during that time, I actually went and got a, a retail license so that I could keep distributing to the public in a different way. But um, and we did retail for, I think, two years. And then um, and then after that, we just did strictly wholesale for the next two years. And that's where we're at right now. But we would like to get back into more of just, you know, some wholesale, some retail, some more classes and things, stuff like that. Um, but for right now, we are just loving where we're at. Uh, even through the pandemic, it was okay. And um, one of the things that I realized uh, along the way there, when we hit just doing wholesale, you don't get to talk to the direct customer at the same capacity. Um, so I love what we do and I love that we can serve the community this way and offer a product that um, tastes like normal cake or pie um, so that anybody can enjoy this. We really want people to have that experience where uh, their celebrations can be fun no matter what. They can have memorable experiences even if they have some sort of issue with that. Um, that's really our heart. Along with that, um, we had several younger ladies that would want to come and intern with us. And um, that has been a phenomenal experience. We've really enjoyed that. And one of my kind of loves with this business is empowering young women to go out and make a difference. Um, so we currently have somebody on staff that is starting her own pie company. And it's just really fun to, I mean, to wake up early and to, do life and pastries and then to um, just kind of encourage her on her way with what she's doing and just, okay, so you have this license and here's what you can do next. What have you thought about this? And just start to, to help promote her in her adventure as well. So that's great. Um, we've had several younger ladies uh, come through our doors and that has been a real gift. Um, so you mentioned that one of your, one part of your mission is to empower young women. And I'm just curious, curious where that comes from and why that is such an important part of your mission. I think it's because I grew up in a family that promoted that. Um, you know, I, I have four brothers and myself, and we were all given that gift of 
you know, what do you want to do? What, what do you want to do? How do you want to get there? Let's figure that out. And so that has been huge. So I just, I look out in the world and I see some people that have that and I see some people that don't. Um, and uh, it's just really fun when you can be to another person that is helping somebody else on their way. And, and, and it's a really good thing. It's a, you know, pass it on kind of thing. And I've had people do that for me and it's just been life-changing. And so um, that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to be a part of that change where, you know, we can just uplift and encourage people on their journey. And I, the cool thing is I feel like we're so fresh. Um, I still remember a lot of the little parts that, that were at the beginning that were easy or hard, or, you know, how do you make a nutrition fact label and all these different little things. And I can say, Oh, Hey, have you tried this site? This is, this, this is free over here. This is, you know, 20 bucks a month or whatever it is. And just kind of help people um, through some of the things that can feel really overwhelming. I'm, I'm curious. So not everyone is in Northern Colorado. Not everyone can come here and, you know, take a class or be involved with some of the actual um, business operation pieces. But what are some actual like tips that you can give out there to our audience who are cooking to have dairy-free, you know, gluten challenges um, mm-hmm. what are some, just some, some quick things without giving away the secret sauce of sweet petite, but just being like, you should probably start doing this today or buying this today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one of the things that we have available to us now that wasn't in the past is we have a fair deal of, uh, I mean, we have gluten-free flour blends now that are exceptional out there. So I think even just taking your normal recipes and experimenting, just try something um, and don't be afraid to fail. But I think that that's huge. Uh, so I had listened to a podcast a while back, actually, when I was starting to create recipes. And the challenge that the gentleman gave was that if you try anything for an hour a day, you're probably going to get pretty good at it. So just kind of instilling that, you know what, just don't see it as failure, see it as uh an opportunity to learn something new. And uh, when I started, I would just try a recipe a day when my kids were napping and just, you know, create something, enjoy that experience. And when they woke up, I'd be like, Hey, try this out there. You know, what do you think about this? Or, you know, whatever else. And it, children are so honest. So uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they'd be like, ah, you should probably feed that to the chickens. But sometimes they'd be like, this is, you know, they they would say it was really good and then you wouldn't hear anything. That's how you knew it was good because there'd be silence. But um, I would just encourage people to just try any recipes. Pinterest is your friend for those things. Uh, one of my favorite things to try as I experiment and I create my own recipes is um, look at the pictures. Pictures say a lot. If the cookie looks good or whatever it is that you're seeing on Pinterest looks good, um, it's, in my opinion, for trying. Um, if it looks like it was struggling a bit, <laughs> maybe try a different recipe. Absolutely. So going down this path of entrepreneurship, now we're four years deep. What did you learn about yourself that you didn't know before you started this? I think one of my favorite things that I've learned and processed through is that um, faith in yourself and need to be humble, ask for help or to... Um, to really seek that out and make that a discipline to hear people out and to 
enjoy that process of, of just learning and growing, just being a, you know, a lifelong learner. We connected through a mutual friend. Uh, and one of the things he said was that you have this, uh, you have a pretty amazing story. Now, without going into the personal aspects, I'm curious just about, um, tell us a little bit, maybe, you know, you were a furniture designer. How'd you meet your husband? Like, how did, how did you, how'd you get here and these kids and this journey? Like we, we, we kicked off with the business piece, but, um, what are some of those components of your story that really maybe made the DNA of who you are as an entrepreneur? Hmm. Well, we went to an art school and I think one thing you learn in art school pretty quickly, uh, if you make it through that experience is that, uh, to not be a starving artist, you need to be, uh, kind of ambidextrous. So you need to have several skills. Um, and I think we were definitely blessed with that along our path. Um, that was great. I actually met him my first senior year of college. I ended up realizing that I needed to take another half semester, <laughs> but, um, we met that last year through a mutual friend. Uh, and actually, uh, we were in the same program, but had never, had never met because, uh, he was near behind me. And, uh, I just happened to be in the woodshop and fairly frustrated and pounding a piece of furniture together. Uh, and, uh, and apparently she said, Oh, who's that? <laughs> so that was kind of how, uh, we connected originally as he came up and chatted and we, we were, uh, with a mutual friend, but, um, we would trade lumber and all sorts of things and realized that we had multiple things in common, like kayaking and all sorts of stuff. So, so we kind of, um, we got into those things together and then it quickly realized that we enjoyed each other enough to, you know, date and get married and stuff. But we spent our time in Estes Park while we were engaged and, uh, and then uh, came out to Fort Collins. He really liked it and he found a job off there doing furniture type thing. Um, so we, we met this mutual friend, Mitch, uh, along that way, probably about a year into our marriage or two years of marriage. We actually took a, a marriage class. It was actually meant for people who weren't married yet, but we were already married and took it like four times. <laughs> so um, it just was such a good experience. I thought, wow, this is, yeah, this is really healthy. This is good. So it was, that was encouraging. That really shaped us a lot. Um through that, I, uh, through that time, I worked for a sculptor. Um, I, I baked cakes. We made furniture together. We were in the Cherry Creek Art Festival together, my husband and I, and, and loved that. Um, but it just wasn't our season to be um, fully entrepreneurial. Uh, we tried it, but we realized that we needed, you know, health insurance and all these different things. Um, we also found out that uh, in theory, we were not supposed to have children. Uh, we had a doctor tell us that we weren't going to have any children. Uh, we tried multiple different things. So we uh, thought on that and realized that maybe foster care was a better option. Um, so we started in foster care and we had two sweet three-year-olds in our house that needed to be adopted. So that was the plan was to adopt these kids. And uh uh, so I didn't work at that point. That was that's a full time job for sure, uh, in and of itself. And while we were fostering, uh, I was really tired, and I thought, man, I didn't realize three year olds could 
could take this out of me so, so much, but it turns out I was pregnant too. So there you go. Um, so we had our first son and, uh, actually a really cool story. The, the mom that, uh, we, the mom of the foster kids that we were raising, um, it didn't look like she was going to be able to, to maybe step up to the plate there. She, she had some things she was working through and that was fine. We were happy to be a part of that with her in life. And um, it turns out she was able to make a recovery. So she got her kids back, connected with her when she was ready. Um, and uh, that was a really healthy experience. And then we had our own son and we had another one. So uh, two kids. And then, um, yeah, uh, around that time, I realized that uh, I needed a couple hobbies. And so I picked up stained glass making. I actually, I, I knew stained glass with my, uh, because my dad and I make stained glass windows together, but I wanted to learn like the, the classical, like eighth inch glass. So I, I took those classes and I started teaching people that. And then, um, making young ladies that, and so it was, it, this has kind of been a progression to, um, desire to, teach other people things as I learn the skill myself, but I love learning. And so actually I pair that back a little bit. One of the things I definitely learned about myself uh, through making this business is I have to, I have to just be okay with honing in one thing instead of trying so many things at once. Cause mm. I do love learning new things. Mm. Mm, that's good. Hone it in, hone your craft bit by bit. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I want to, I want to stay here on the, I want to bring the, the business into the personal side of things and just say, what would you say? Um, maybe not advice, but maybe it is advice, but when you're talking about being a, a, a spouse and being a parent, you know, you have these two integral relationships to who you are, but you're also running a business. So could you maybe spend a minute or so and maybe talk to the person who is, a, you know, is married, is a parent and, and then maybe going through it and trying to figure out how do I juggle this? How do I pursue this dream, this idea, but things aren't good at home or, or I feel like my marriage isn't a priority or I'm neglecting my kids. Yeah. I would say to, as you process through that, if there's something that you really want to try like that in an entrepreneurial role, um, I would definitely communicate well and have the support of your spouse if you're married. Uh, if you don't have that support, I've actually recommended to ladies that don't have that support to wait uh, or to really think on that because uh, if you don't have that support, that can make things really hard. So, but if you have that support, and you do, you know, say you have some kids too that, that are in the mix there. Um, prioritizing your day, kind of having a rhythm to your day that you and your spouse communicate well about um, is really helpful. So then you're a team together and it's, it, you know, like we are the core and um, we work together to, to help, you know, uh, encourage the community and different things. So it, it becomes more more of a team experience rather than just a, this is me and what I do. And, you know, even if the other people in your family are doing other things, we we have a common mission, you know. So that's that's what I would say to start with. Um, and then beyond that, 
The other things I love to encourage people with, uh, utilize the small business resources that are in your city. Um, the one in Northern, uh, the one in Fort Collins, Northern Colorado business, uh, gosh, I'm going to botch their name. I always, SBDC. Something like that. Yes, that's what it is. SBDC. Uh, they're amazing. So helpful. And I think the first like five or six visits that you have are free. And then they just charge you like a percentage after that. But every time I go in and chat with somebody there, um, I, I've loved them I think four times now. And every time I go in, they give me probably 10 or 20, maybe more things to think on or different um, places to go to for support. Um, as I've, you know, wondered about certain things, my, my biggest one recently, uh, I go in and chat with somebody about writing a food safety plan. When you get, when your in food industry gets large enough, you need to have a specific type of food safety plan. It's, it's like a 45 page legal document on how you deal with your food. Um, and it was really difficult. I, I went through a couple of different classes on how to write one. Uh, and still kind of came up short. And so I ended up chatting with somebody there and they directed me to a lovely gentleman named Brian, Brian Armantrout. He's in uh, the Northern, Northern Colorado region. And um, he helps people write food safety plans. He realized that there was a need for that and helps people come across the right types of material that the FDA wants and that you can utilize. So yeah, I would say utilizing the small business is amazing. Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay, we're four years in. What do you have a dream for like the next four years or some things that I'm like, it'd be really cool if we tried this? Well, I'm going to tell you what we're doing currently and then a little bit about what's to come. But my husband was a furniture d- designer until like last Tuesday. So he quit his job and we are working together. So we're very excited about that. Um, we've worked together in the past, so we know we know we work all together. And we've been actually working early morning shift, like from 4.30 in the morning till 11 a.m. Um, together since April. So that's been really fun. But we just bought this crazy cool machine. Um, it's called a Keiko-matic. Uh, kind of sounds like something from Wallace and Gromit. But <laughs> my pastry chef and I, we like to race. It's fun for us. Um, we'll, you know, we'll be chatting and listening to music and talking with each other and frosting cakes and we'll kind of race here and there and we've gotten pretty fast we're we're up to like a cake a minute or so when we frost cakes but this machine can frost cakes uh like seven a minute we think that's going to be pretty awesome and really helpful i think then our major constraint is actually going to be our freezer space uh we're required to deliver everything uh freshly frozen so it has to be like under 20 degrees um so we have you know a large very large walk-in for that we're excited to put that into action. Uh, that should be fully up and working by, I think, like the end of August. And I think that will just revolutionize our days as well. Um, but beyond that, I think we're excited to, to allow that to free us up to be more in the community um, directly. Like not just wholesale where we know we're, we're you know excited about those things and people are enjoying that product, but to be actually intimately involved in different things in the community in the Northern Colorado region. Um, so we've had thoughts of, you know, banding together with other bakeries and, and doing something for like, you know, a winter festival or something, you know, pie day or something interesting like that. Uh, we'd like to 
um, hold more classes and to just figure out how we can even be more of a light and more of a, you know, a, a safe space and encouragement to the community that we have. That's great. So we know that you're in Whole Foods and it, do you currently ship the cakes and pies and mousses um, to anywhere in the country? No. Um, okay. So right now it's just through seven states. Um, we're in what's called the Rocky Mountain region. And so that I think is like Arizona, Utah, California, or not California, was it Colorado, Arizona, Utah, uh, Wyoming, Idaho, a couple other places. I think uh, Kansas City gets some. But um, so we're in that region with a company called UNFI. So what they do, we deliver to them really early in the morning with thousands of cakes a week and then they actually distribute to Whole Foods and to um, Lucky's Market and other things like that. So mm. um, so that's how we get the product to them. And, uh, but yeah, it, their goal is to not keep standing product. So it, when it comes to them from us, it's, it was like literally baked like the day before and frozen and then they take it and they take it to the stores and, and they utilize it within that week. So it's pretty great. It's a, it's a great process to be a part of. Um, that part was a little scary because they're such a large company. Our delivery van, um, it can hold a fair bit, but we pull into this little facility, you know, this big facility and there's just semis lining the entire place. <laughs> Here we come with our, you know, smaller vehicle, but, um, but they've, they've come to, you know, know us and appreciate we're there and we appreciate them and we make sure to get samples to the guys that help us unload and all the things. But yeah, so that's how we get the product to different places. We tried uh, distributing through the mail. That has not worked. Uh, cake ends up not looking like cake. So mm. we're still trying to figure out that process. Okay, so... Fair, fair, you were can, you asking because you want to get it in the home? Well, I mean, I can just go to Whole Foods. It's easy for me to, I, I mean, I, we're lucky to live in one of the places where our Whole Foods is going to have it. But no, I mean, just for other people interested. So you have to be able to, so for the, on the consumer side, you have to get it at either one of the Whole Foods location that sells it or one of the lucky markets that sell it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. Okay, cool. But yes, I definitely plan to go buy one. If you're asking <laughs> for sure, you like I, am, I want that peanut butter pie. That looks delicious. Yeah. I'm a big That's fan. That's my of favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta st- step out of my, my comfort zone. Cause I, I'm usually only with the Chantilly, but, I mean, Chantilly but my daughter cool. is dairy free. So I'm, I have a reason now to, to really jump into some. There things. You go. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. I want to, I want to ask when you, so you have a business. I think there are people out there when they have a business, it can be somewhat overwhelming, especially when it's something you're excited about and you're like, oh, I want to do that. And I want to do that. And I can totally see us doing that. So I want to just dive in a little bit to how did you go from idea to, okay, we have corporate telling me if, if I do this, there's an opportunity here, but how did you even start getting things like warehouses, vehicles, like, how did, what did that process look like? Did you leverage your entire home and financial situation? Like, how did you get to be able to do that? Yeah, no, we've, we've never leveraged anything. And that's just, uh, that's not in our nature. I, 
I wish we were bolder in some of those things, but we're, we like to keep it pretty safe. So uh, honestly, it started with a business license for like $72 and then um, finding a commissary kitchen and just starting with, with that. And um, I love doing trades with different people. Um, there's a woman that we know that helped us start our website and things like that to allow us to have some accessibility there for people to see what we do. At that time, we had the ability to have like a click and order system. And I would just communicate with people as to when I could deliver it to them because we were doing retail at that point. So we could deliver straight to people's homes. That would be fun to do again at some point. But for now, this is uh, it's not really where we're at. But uh, we, we just started small. And uh, I'm actually coaching a young lady in um, Nashville, Tennessee to start her own thing. Uh, or if she wants to, we're debating about a couple of different options for her, but she worked for us. She loves baking and she uh, has to be gluten-free as well. So she's wondering how she starts, what she's going to start. And so I, I encourage her to start with farmer's markets because that seems to be a natural in so you can kind of get into the community. Um, the amount of money that you have to spend to do that is pretty minimal. Um, and to find a commissary kitchen, it, it can be difficult, but they are out there. So you just have to know how to budget your time. Uh, but I, I do that. And I love to um, connect with other people in that market or in a, you know, it's a different market as well. But I really like to have think takes think tank experiences where I can connect with people that will help me um, through other, other uh, thought processes. And at what point did you decide, like, maybe it's time to actually get a warehouse or, you know, get this, this thing a bit more mature and robust in our setup. Yeah. At what, at what point in so, the business did you decide that? Yeah. Um, probably about a year in. We had reached a point about a year in where we could, we noticed that we were going to be needing a larger space. Um, we just did not have enough hours available to us uh, at the commissary that we were in. And so these orders would fluctuate. Uh, we would have like a week to two weeks notice as to what we were supposed to supply. And sometimes, you know, we, thankfully we were always able to do that, but it was getting pretty tight. So we noticed that just that time restraint for us was too much. Um, we were, so I had worked in the morning. So he would get up pretty early, I think like 4 a.m. and then go to work so that he could be home by like two or three afternoons. And then I would go into work, you know, after visiting with my family for like an hour, I'd go into work for a while and work the evening shift. But that's all that we were given at the commissary space. So we knew that we needed to, to make that change. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we did that, we actually did something that uh, it, it can be risky, but uh, we decided instead of having a home and a business mortgage kind of deal, we actually found a piece of property that would allow both. So we actually live on the front end of the property and our bakery is in the back end. And awesome. it, it's a very stealthy business. Like, People don't know that we're there even. They, they kind of wonder what we're doing because the lights are on at weird times. <laughs> but um, once they find out, they're like, oh, that's really cool. That's wow. That's, I can't believe that you can do that. You know, but um, yeah, it's like a, 
1,400 square foot building. So it's still on the small end. We recognize that that will be where we're at just for probably a handful of years. And then we're going to go on to the next thing, which is probably actually doing the full on warehouse with major production. So it's exciting. Growth is exciting. It's very exciting. It's also a great idea too, of like, let's, you know, some of the people I follow in business, they talk about like determine your number and then cut out certain things. And, mm. and it's kind of brilliant to be like, let's wrap up two mortgages into one and we'll figure it out. So maximize your resources. So that's what she was saying earlier about being resourceful, maximizing your resources, maximizing the operations within your business. And then you have these indicators that, oh, we might need to do this instead of just being caught in dreamland. Yes. Yeah. We do a lot of, my husband and I do a lot of dreaming big together to figure that out. And it's one of the things that we've really enjoyed over the last couple of years is just, okay, so what if we did this? Okay, no, not that. And kind of just being okay if things don't work out that way, but just in enjoying the dreaming process and then figuring out once you think that something could be helpful, uh, starting to talk with other people about it. You know, if it's the financial thing, do you know any financial planners? Do you know people who are really good with their money? Just running things by people and kind of taking it one step at a time there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to ask you a series of questions that are meant to just be answered quickly, whatever comes to your mind. Um, Hopefully we're not going to stump you here. (laughs) So first question I have for you is what is your favorite quote? Ooh. Okay. This is one. I have two. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love the quote by a a woman named uh, Julia Bogart. She's the author of Brave Learner. Um, It's one of my favorite books as I had um, schooled my kids well back. But she says there are no educational emergencies. Um, And and the idea is that, you know what? (laughs) You can't know everything all the time. But if we're lifelong learners and you're just kind of putting one foot in front of the other, it's going to be okay. Like if you're willing to learn, it's going to be okay. Love it. And then, yeah, the other one uh, that I think on often, I don't remember who said this, but um, just serve and add value. Like that, that kind of motif or that thought there is, is huge. I, it, it is a quote. It's got a bigger section to that quote, but that's the section I remember all the time. It's just that heart to serve and add value. Love it. What is the last book you read and finished? <laughs> sure. Well, in terms of home life stuff, it's Brave Learner. Uh, and then for work stuff, it was, um, I always forget the name of it. Let's see. It's uh, by Malcolm. No, it's E-Myth Revisited. That's what it is. Um, it's Gerber. a book on entrepreneurship. Great. Yeah, that one. Awesome. You are currently on vacation in Detroit, Michigan with your family. What's the best spot that you've been able to visit while you've been out there? Sure. I've only actually been to Detroit twice. It's actually, we're on the west side of Michigan uh, between Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids. And and the question was, what's what's the favorite thing out here? Is that what it was? Yep. What's your favorite thing that you've gotten to do out there? 
I would say, well, very Midwest like uh, is eating pie and ha- having pie and coffee <laughs> <laughs> and um, sailing. We love sailing. sailing. So we just have okay. just an old fashioned 1970s like Hobie cat. And my husband just keeps like bringing it back to life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it that has created a lot of really epic memories. So my oldest son was like, dad, this year, I want to learn how to flip the Hobie cat and rewrite it. <laughs> so, so that's what they've been practicing is just totally, you know, going up on two hulls, having to turn over and then having to rewrite it. So that's been fun. Cool. Okay. Um, alternatively, what is your go-to spot in Fort Collins for maybe a date night? We actually can't stay up past eight p.m. to be honest because we wake up so early. So we do date mornings, and okay. I love, love that. <laughs> I love date mornings. <laughs> yeah. So Lucille's is our favorite spot. We do Lucille's a fair bit. Yeah. Great choice. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, I, now I'm just going to be thinking about Lucille's for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's a great, great, great spot. Um, okay. You seem like you and your husband and your family are pretty community oriented. So what is one of your favorite nonprofits in the Northern Colorado area that mm. you feel is just doing really good things? We give to it every year and I'm blanking on the name. It's for single mamas or single parents. Um, I forget the name of it though, but they do a great job in the community. And um, I've had Project Self-Sufficiency? That's it. Project Self-Sufficiency. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had several single mama friends who have uh, launched very successfully, like we're, we're teen moms or something, or and um, they help them find housing and, and jobs and, you know, education and all those things. Yeah. Awesome. It's a great organization. Good answer. All right. Good I got question. two and now bring us home. Two people, two people, like it can be historical or current day that are, you, you could probably coin them as leaders that everyone should maybe know about. Mm. Charlotte Mason. She's one of my favorites. Uh, she was a advocate for um, education children learning uh, with exploration and other otherwise that they're not just uh, things to dump information into, but living creatures that should just love to learn and to have the awe of just their surroundings. Um, so she's one of my favorites and um, I can't think of another one at this moment, but she is, she's up there. All right. I'm going to say Charlotte Mason twice, just to emphasize, we need to know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Last but not least, um, our audience is comprised of professionals, people who want to be entrepreneurs, parents, um, spouses, of course, people who are really, they enjoy the prospect of maximizing their time while they have it is something that's inter that appeals to them. So would you leave our mad podcast family with, um, a parting word, of just from you, from the heart. Yeah, I would say uh, one of my favorite things that we say here at the courthouse when it's a new day is, you know, you just woke up and it's that it's it's a brand new day. Let's let's go out and make it a good one. It's a brand new day. So just, you know, anything from yesterday or, you know, what is is ahead to come, just kind of letting those things be where they are, you know, and uh, 
allow today to be a fresh day. Um, do that and don't be afraid of mistakes. Mistakes aren't really mistakes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jen, thank you for being with us on episode 43 of the Make a Difference podcast. You are making a difference and you're about to make a difference in the life of my daughter because I'm running the Whole Foods and we're going to get some have a peanut butter pie. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you well, for taking the time. thank you so much. We appreciate it. And um, it's been quite the encouragement to spend some time with you on this day. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. This is really fun. All right, Mad Podcast family. As always, as my co-host likes to say, go out and make a difference. Mm-hmm.